hey guys, before you listen to this podcast, I wanted to make sure to point out these preaching students have been doing their studies, I promise. We only snuck them away for a few minutes to talk about their favorite sport because they had all their assignments done and completed to a point where they could take a break and come talk about sports. Don't think badly of us, okay? We just need a break every now and then, okay? They, they're doing their work, I promise. I promise. Not for real. I'm serious. They're doing their work. Do- hey, guys. If welcome back to the GOAT podcast as Tyler is still talking. Uh, don't worry, guys. It's, it's, all, it's all good. We are closing out the state of the AFC divisions today with the AFC West. I have Tyler Cannon back on. Tyler, good to have you on the program again. Yes, sir. And we have probably the proudest person at the Memphis School of Preaching, Caleb Nelson, on the podcast. Caleb, introduce yourself to the show, who your favorite teams are, why, all that good jazz. Uh, yeah, my name is Caleb Nelson. Uh, I'm a Chiefs fan. Can I'm you imagine f- why he's happy? <laughs> I'm from Kansas City, born and raised there, so I'm a Chiefs fan, but I'm also a Kansas Jayhawk fan because of that, so we've got a lot me, of winning right now. Me and Caleb have a lot in common when it comes with that, and we're kind of bol- bol- bipolar opposites. I mean, in college, I root for Ohio State, and we're, we're normally at the top, of, and then Kansas, they are just, they're at the bottom, but... On the flip side, he's a Kansas City, Kansas City Chiefs fan, and I'm a Browns fan. So we both know what it's like to be troopers, just on the opposite side of the spectrum. On Saturdays, I'm all high and mighty, and he's just hoping for the best. And then on Sundays, it's just the opposite. Light pulls turning around. Hey, I doubt it, but no. Um, so we're talking about the AFC West today. This is one of the reasons why I wanted Caleb to join the podcast is I know that anybody that watches their team's division has – a, a decent amount to say about it. doesn't mean that they're an expert, but it means that they know a little bit about the division that they have to watch year in, year out. Some of the headlines, uh, just a reminder, we're not really talking about free agents on this episode. That's going to be after uh, we do the Friday episode of the State of the AFC. Then next week we'll do a free agent recap after the dust has settled. There's still a bunch of moves that are happening, a bunch of free agents out there that are still, in my opinion, it's surprising that they're not signed. So rather than deep, you know, kind of do a deep dive into teams that we've already covered, we're just going to stay away from that. But I think probably the biggest headline in the AFC West is the addition of Sean Payton. Uh, and that is going to be our GOAT versus GOAT debate here later. I, I think there are a lot of other headlines. You know, you've got the Chiefs basically saying we're going to run it back again and basically have no turnover. And they have made some additions that I think make them better and make them cheaper. Uh, you have the the Raiders who also are like, hey, it's year two with Josh McDaniels. We're going to do great. We're going to be awesome. And then you have the Chargers who have Brandon Staley. What a joke. Poor Joey Bessa. What the, what the Broncos did is what the Chargers should have done. I Amen. don't know why you lose like you do to the, to the Jaguars being up with a guy who had the most interceptions in a half – of a player in a playoff game and you lose 33 to 30 and then they go, yeah, he's fine. We'll keep Brandon Staley. And then the Broncos are like, Russell Wilson had a really down year. Let's go get Sean Payton and see if that will help. Poor Justin Herbert, not Joey Bosa. Poor Justin Herbert. That guy had to be drafted by a team with the likes of Mahomes in his division with the likes of last year, you know, they had the Derek Carr experiment with Devontae Adams. He's in a tough division, and now it's basically another year of they're not going anywhere. 
they might make the playoffs again, but they're going to do exactly what they did the last time. So that's kind of the headlines of the AFC West. I'll open it up for comments on those headlines for you guys to kind of discuss. Oh, also, Austin Eckler wants a trade. And that's probably a huge issue, too, because I don't think Austin Eckler wants a trade if Sean Payton's there. Discuss. I think that this division in particular probably has the most uh, exciting, at least exciting from a story standpoint, storylines in the offseason. I mean, if you think about Sean Payton and how great he has been coming to the Broncos, and I know that Russell had a, a down year last year, but he's been to the Super Bowl. He knows what it's like to play in, in high-pressure games. So that's that's a big, big deal for them. And then, you know, as <laughs> as we'll talk, I don't think that the Raiders are all that, but Jimmy Garoppolo finally getting something that it's his team. You know, he was in New England. He did that right behind Tom Brady. And then he gets to San Francisco, kind of proves himself, and then he kind of gets behind the back burner. And then it was just kind of a toss-up. And now he's got new life uh, in Las Vegas. So I think that that is a a very interesting storyline. And then, you know, the Chargers. What what happens? Where, Where do you go? I mean, you could have not ended a season worse than what they did. And you didn't do anything. You didn't really go get anybody that was all that great that changes your roster and you're still stuck with the head coach. So I, I think that this is this division in particular has some of the highest storylines in the conference. I just don't understand what the Chargers are doing. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you you wasted a Hall of Fame career in Phillip Rivers. Yep. And now you have Justin Herbert and you decide we're going to keep our coach that can't win a game in the playoffs. And – uh, you notice last year, the Broncos, Raiders, Chargers, all three went all in. Chargers fell on their face, and now people are wanting out. What would you expect? Mm-hmm. And yet they're, it seems like they're not getting any better. The Raiders look like they've gotten worse. I do like Jimmy Garoppolo a lot. I think he's almost uh, on par with Derek Carr. He's like swapping out the same player, it feels like. Yeah. But they're not going to be too much better. What, they win six or seven games last year? Yeah, they didn't do much. And then – the Broncos are the only team that I feel like got better. I like uh, Sean Payton a lot. He's an excellent coach. Uh, but Russell Wilson's going to have to get step up and figure something out. Well, and here's the thing. The Broncos don't make the playoffs and rip it out from the studs and say it didn't work. We should have made the playoffs with this team. The Raiders were at one time kind of in the hunt early on as far as people talked about them as such, they never really were in the hunt, in my opinion, nor did their record show that. But people were still like, this is a dark horse playoff team. It didn't work. They just trade for Devontae Adams so that Derek Carr can have his college buddy, and they say, see you, Carr. You know, we'll, we'll go get Jimmy Garoppolo, and we'll let you go to the Saints. The Chargers, or the Chiefs even, the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, and they say, hey, Frank Clark, we might be able to bring you back, but we got to cut you. And we know that you helped us win two and go to three Super Bowls, and we appreciate that, and it's awesome, and we're thankful forever. We cannot keep you. And then they go out and sign some players Mm -hmm. that I think will just do exactly what they've been doing and keep going along. And the Chargers are at that point where you would think they won the Super Bowl, and they think, hey, we won the Super Bowl. Everybody's under contract for next year. We're fine. Your point. Caleb, about them all going in and it doesn't work, what do you expect? Not only did they all go in, 
The Chargers then doubled down and they re-signed Mike Williams. That makes no sense. Williams can't stay healthy. He's never been healthy his entire career. Keenan Allen's also not been healthy. And they say, hey, let's run it back. You know, like in a in a year where you can go and trade for certain wide receivers, you know, in a year where there were wide receivers even on the board that you could have possibly gone out and signed. Now you're talking about hoping that Bijan Robinson falls to you at 21 so you can draft him and replace Austin Eckler because you're not sure that Isaiah Spiller has it. And like you said, they wasted Phillip Rivers' career. Now they're wasting Justin Herbert. And you have to start to ask the question. We're seeing it with Lamar. That's the big hot-button issue. At the time that we're recording this, Lamar is like, I want to be paid what I'm worth. If I'm Justin Herbert... I'm kind of thinking that if it doesn't go well this year, I'm going to the ownership and saying, I want out. I'm not playing here anymore. I don't like the weapons that I have. I don't think our team's going anywhere. And I'm watching as Patrick Mahomes is literally frolicking in the fields with no-name wide receivers after getting rid of Tyreek Hill, and he has an MVP season, wins a Super Bowl on a busted ankle, and I'm over here going, hey, we've got the money, we've got the salary, we've got all this. Can I buy some wins? Is that possible? Can we go out and get some guys that are actually going to win? And the Chargers are just like, hey, man, best we can do is re-sign Mike Williams. And Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, they're both getting older. Yep. And instead of going and re-signing Austin Eckler, they're going to let him leave yep. and re-sign their old wide receivers. And they don't have a tight end. They need a tight end. I think Herbert would thrive with a good tight end. And I felt like if they – kind of had the draft the first mock draft that I did I think I had them take Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio State I felt like that was a decent pick for them a wide receiver at 21 that was under the assumption though a week and a half ago that Mike Williams wouldn't be coming back because I thought they're stupid if they bring Mike Williams back they can't bring Mike Williams back we post that episode two days later Chargers re-signed Mike Williams to an extension and I was like wow I I don't get it you're right. I don't get it. And they are they're the Buffalo Bills of the AFC West. And they're going to go 3 and 14. Uh no. <laughs> no That's comment. the Bills. That's the Bills. Um love you juice. What do we think then as we start with talking about each team a little bit more in depth? Let's start with a team that made the biggest splash and that's the Broncos. Is this move enough to fix Russell Wilson? Is it enough to actually solve their problems? Because I don't know if y'all saw this or not, but there was an actual series going on social media this past year tracking how many touchdown passes Russell Wilson threw until he reached the number of bathrooms he had in his house. He barely beat it. He barely beat it. Let Russ cook. Uh, I guess he's like ramen noodles. I don't know. I mean, it. what do y'all think about the Sean Payton hire? Sean Payton, on the surface, I think it's a it's a beautiful hire. It's the hire that you make. He's had great success with good quarterback play and great offense. Um, yes, all these things are true about Russell Wilson. When you come into a, a new environment, it's kind of you, new teammates, new city, um, had some things go on in, in his personal life. That that can take a toll on anybody. But as far as the hire itself, I think it's a beautiful hire. Um, I think the Denver Broncos are historically a, a pretty well-run franchise. 
So I think that they're going to do everything that they can to make sure that Sean Payton and Russell Wilson are supplied with the right players. So on the surface, I think it's a great hire. Now, with that being said, there's a lot to fix. Um, And the biggest thing that Sean Payton needs to do is to win this team over. Um, the, The guys did not want to play for Russell Wilson next year. And that was pretty evident in how they how they went about business. So they've got to fix that. If they can get that fixed and you can got, get guys playing for one another, I think Denver can – not that they're going to sleep up on anybody and be, you know, a double-digit win team, but they can have an improvement for what they did last year just based off the, the changes that they've already made so far this year and just adding Sean Payton. I w- I, I'm of the guy that – I'm of the crowd that let's not give up on Russ just yet. Let's, let's understand that there are some issues there, but let's not give up yet. You've surrounded him with probably the best option that you could get that's, that wasn't currently in the league to come be his head coach. So I, I think it's, it's a wonderful situation for Russ and Sean Payton. Here's what's interesting. Um, Sean Payton comes in. Russell Wilson, according to a bunch of reports, had a bunch of, like, offices on the second floor of his team and Sean Payton came in and they were doing like the introductory press conference with the media and someone said hey what do you think about you know like the team having their own doctors and stuff and Sean had like no idea about it if he didn't lie and do the whole reporter thing but Sean goes yeah I don't like that that won't happen here and everybody was like oh he just fired all of Russell's people I like that though I do think you have team doctors for a reason I do think though that you know what was it, the year that uh, Justin Herbert actually started was because Tyrod Taylor, the guy, missed the injection and punctured his lung. And now it was like, Herbert, you're starting in 20 minutes. In pregame before the Chiefs. Yeah. And I remember I was in a, I was in Missouri doing a gospel meeting with Chiefs fans. I was big Patrick Mahomes guy because he's on my dynasty team. And I was like, oh, this is going to be a really good game. I think they're going to throw all over the Chargers today because Tyrod Taylor's just he's not it. And all of a sudden they're like, So Justin Herbert is starting. And I was like, It's already Herbert season? This is September. Why are we already in Justin Herbert season? This is this is soon. Because they had punctured that guy's lung. So I know team doctors are not infallible. But I want to take you back with the Broncos and I want us to to think about this. Twenty seventeen, Thursday night, round one, NFL draft. The Chiefs trade up to get Patrick Mahomes. I believe they traded up from 12. Or where did they trade up? You probably know this better than I do. I believe it was in the 20s. Okay, so let me let me pull this up. Sorry, guys. I think it was 27. Let's see here. Yeah, they traded with the Bills. Okay, so let's see here. So the Bills were picking down then... At 27, you were right. Good job. They took Tredavious White with that. At 20, the Denver Broncos were on the board, and they selected Garrett Bowles, offensive tackle, Utah. (laughs) I have to think that it would be a lot easier to jump up from 20 to 10 than it is 27 to 10. And if I'm looking at this correctly, they traded three picks for this selection at number 10. They traded... Their selection at 27, of course, and they gave up 
Where's it at? It's here. Ah, number 27, 2017 third-round pick, number 91 overall, and a 2018 first-round pick. If that doesn't go down as one of the best draft trades in NFL history, I don't know what will because what did the Bears just get for number one from nine? Eight spots, and it took multiple first-round picks, multiple seconds. And a number one receiver. Yeah. Well, the Bills actually got a good deal in that trade, too. They got two pro bowlers in that trade. They did. They did. Tredavious White was at 27, and then who else did they get? What's the other guy? can't remember who they took in 2018. Let's see here. Um, Oh, Tremaine Edmonds, who they just let go in free agency. But they got good five years out of him. So, I mean, yeah. But the thing with the Broncos is ever since that draft and even before that, they've been very, very bad. Yes, they've had a good history, but these uh, past few years have been very poor football. The last time they beat the Chiefs was with Peyton Manning. Yeah. They beat him Peyton Manning's last time playing the Chiefs. Yeah. It's been a long time. But if someone's going to turn this around, I think it can be Sean Payton. Yeah. He is an excellent coach. What? And again, legal troubles aside, you're telling me that the the Broncos couldn't move up from 20 to 12 and take Watson? Like, what? And I guess it's crazy because I remember, I I don't know, I want to get your take on this because you are a lifelong Chiefs fan. You take Mahomes over Watson. Were you mad initially? I wasn't, no. Um, Watching his film, he he looked like a big-arm guy. Kind of like Brett Favre that Andy Reid had when he was the QB coach for right. the Packers. So I thought it was going to be a really good move. But I know that when they traded up, everyone on the broadcast was saying we were taking Deshaun Watson. And so even if someone else would have traded up, who knows if we would have uh, – who knows if they would have taken Watson or if they would have taken Mahomes. Yeah. I guess, and that's that's the point, poverty franchises are poverty franchises for a reason. And the Broncos have been a poverty franchise ever since – they went all in with Peyton Manning. They won the Super Bowl, and he went off into the sunset to to live his best life as a retired individual. And now you're looking at it, and you're going, 2017, you missed. 2018, you missed. 2019, you missed. 2020, you missed. 2021, you missed. 2022, hey, we'll get Russell Wilson. It'll be great. They gave up a host of draft picks, and now they've missed out on the number five overall selection. And what was it, the 2018 draft that they took Paxton Lynch? And he was the first player ever to be cut in the NFL, CFL, XFL, and USFL. That's yeah, just let's, l- let's look at that. I want to I want to see that. I think he was taking twenty six overall or something. Let's see here. Where's he at? Denver, 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 Denver. They don't have a pick this year. I guess they wouldn't, would they? No, they had to have had a pick. Oh, no, that's when they took Bradley Chubb over Josh Allen. He was taken in 2016, rather. Yeah, that's right. But Bradley Chubb over Josh Allen. And again, why? Like, Josh Allen's on the board, and I know that's the – Baker Mayfield went, Sam Darnold went. And they could have been sitting there thinking, we're not panicking and taking Josh Allen. There were a bunch of people that were panicking about Josh Allen back then and thinking, ah, he's not that good. I, I remember looking at it, though, and going, I think Josh Allen is going to be a pretty good pretty good player. So if you're Buffalo, you had the luxury of taking Josh Allen at 7 and then getting Tremaine Edmonds at 16. And if you're the, the Detroit – not Detroit, I'm looking at the wrong team – the Denver Broncos, you have the luxury of taking 
Bradley Chubb, and then Cortland Sutton. Mahomes just proved you don't have to have a stop a top wide receiver to win a Super Bowl. And I feel like Mahomes, in some ways, might even I, – I don't know this for sure because I've never met him, and it's not like he's ever going to call me up and tell me. I almost feel like Mahomes might look at the other teams in his division that could have easily traded up for him that needed quarterbacks at the time and said, okay, I'll just beat you every year, then that's fine. Because it has, it's been 15 straight games, right? He's almost beaten them an entire regular season. He has not lost. And that includes one game where he dislocated his knee from his body against the Broncos on that quarterback sneak that he doesn't do anymore. The Broncos, man, they are – I don't know that Sean Payton's enough to fix it, but I also believe Sean Payton would not have gone to the Broncos if he didn't have insurance and assurance that, hey, if Russ doesn't do well this year, we're out. This is the only year left, really, that they have to worry about draft pick trades from the trade with Russ. They can move up and take a quarterback next year. They could go all in and get another guy. And I'm willing to say I don't believe in Russell Wilson. I don't think he's going to turn it around this year. Um, Seeing what uh, was done over with the Seahawks this year, uh, Geno Smith was a Pro Bowl quarterback. That that never happens. That was Pete Carroll for you. I think Russell Wilson was more a system – of Pete Carroll than he, it was himself. I'm, I'm not convinced he's going to turn it around. I, I can agree with you. I, I think there's a certain quarterback drop-off point. Mm-hmm. Peyton hit a brick wall after that Super Bowl, you know, win. And it was obvious, really that Super Bowl season, he had hit a brick wall. He, he, he didn't have it anymore. The fact that they made it to the Super Bowl that year is nothing short of amazing. And won it, too, against a very good Panthers team. I you know, yeah, that's a that's a tough one, that's a tough one. I don't think that he'll turn it around. Also, you have to think about this too. Uh, the same year that they could have taken Josh Allen, um, there was this guy taken at thirty-two named Lamar Jackson yep. that was also available, uh, and they could have totally traded back up to the thirty-second pick to get him. Well. We've talked about the Broncos. Anything else you want to say about them before we close up? We talked about the Chargers a lot, too, so we can close them up pretty quickly, I think, as well. Anything else to say about the Broncos? Uh, I do think, and and this will be uh, probably mentioned later on if it does happen, but um, they've signed some good pieces up front, which is what Sean Payton does. He comes in, cleans house, gets things done right up front. So they've done that. But also, they're looking at putting Jerry Judy on the trading block. So, mm-hmm. what what direction do they go if that is if that is the move? So, I think that there's still, like I said, there's still work to be done in Denver. So, I think that they're in for a very interesting offseason as we get this thing rolling here. Well, I still like their running back Williams, and if they but can he, get a good O line, he's probably done though. He's not going to be the bell cow. That's not Sean Payton's way. They'll bring in Ezekiel Elliott. I think that would be my bet. I think that, you know, and not to get too deep into it, but I think for Denver especially, I think that fits well because you're getting a guy who's done it before. Yeah, he's got a little age to him. And for Zeke, this is kind of like a I'm back. Uh, I, this is a, a prove me moment because flat out Tony Pollard was just out playing him yeah. in Dallas. And, and, and as a big Zeke guy as I am, nobody can deny that. So now you get traded to the the uh, to a different conference, and you're with Sean Payton, who has had success with with guys like Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara in the league. 
if Zeke is still a resemblance of that dude, that would be a huge pickup for Denver, and it would yeah. only add to their offense. My thought would be, if you're going to trade Jerry Judy, you got to trade Cortland Sutton. If you're going to trade Cortland Sutton, you got to trade Pat Sertan. Tear down to the studs. Get rid of everything. And if you get a good haul for Pat Sertan, the Pittsburgh Steelers would give the 17th overall selection and the 32 for Pat Sertan. They would do almost anything and we to wouldn't blink. that secondary right yeah, now. Yeah, we wouldn't blink. We can't draft cornerbacks ourselves. I think there's a team out there like the – the Buffalo Bills, who would say, we'll give you our first-round pick for Jerry Judy. We we need to compete with Mahomes. We need another receiver to, to help Gabe and, and Stephon Diggs. You know, I, I think that that's something where they're not going to do that, I don't believe, but that's what they should do. And I told my sister-in-law that she's a big Broncos fan. She disagreed, and I respect it. But I, I think if you're at this point where you're trying to rebuild from the scratch, you can't keep luxury pieces like, you know, Sertan – and others like that, you've got to get to a point where you can have picks. They have no draft picks until the third round, and they're, they're not known for their ability to, to draft very well in the third round with Sean Payton. And they're not super young either. No. No. With the Chargers, let's kind of close it up and just say this. Is this the year? They're not going to win the Super Bowl. I mean, I'd be shocked if they did. Is this the year that Brandon Staley gets fired? I think it'll be another first-round playoff exit. And if so, I don't see how you cannot. Right. And he has to be fired. But I thought that after this last year. And so my, my guess would be yes, but I don't know what's going on over there. Yeah. You tell me if, you, if we could get Justin Herbert on the podcast. It's not going to happen. But if we could get Justin Herbert on the podcast and I said, hey, no one will know what you say. No one will know your answer. But you tell me, would you rather keep Staley – or give up what the Broncos gave up for Sean Payton. I guarantee you Herbert would probably be like, yeah, I wouldn't mind getting Sean Payton. Oh, yeah. Um, you talk about a guy that would, would extend Herbert's career probably by another five or six years. That's Payton. The Raiders, they huh. – I, I read a statistic where Derek Carr went over to New Orleans, of course. We know that. That happened before free agency started. Goes over to the Raiders – and that Derek had the exact same statistics of all the starting quarterbacks of the New Orleans Saints the year before. Like, they literally moneyballed it, and they just replaced three guys the opposite way with one guy with an overinflated contract. You made the statement earlier that Jimmy Garoppolo kind of fits that bill, and I think you could be right. We called on this podcast that that was going to be the signing. We said that it, we, we really believe, Jameis and I both agreed, Garoppolo's going to end up with the Raiders. It made sense. Is it enough to do what they thought they were going to do last year? Josh Jacobs had a great year. He managed to really make it work. They've got a top 10 pick. They've got a really good ability to even move up if they wanted to and say, hey, we have Garoppolo, but let's move up from seven to three and let's take Will Levis or Anthony Richardson, the guy that we're sold on, and let him grow behind Garoppolo. Uh, that, that rhymed. Um, we can do something like that. They can build that way. Was the signing of Jimmy G enough? No. Emphatically, no. I agree. I, I don't think that they're competing for and, another few years. And I know we hadn't said it yet, and maybe you guys were thinking the same thing too. They just got a receiver who wanted to play with his college quarterback. Yep. It got one year. It did not go well. 
and that quarterback is now gone, if I am Devontae Adams, I went from Aaron Rodgers <laughs> to Derek Carr, and Derek Carr is not anything to ride home about. But if I'm Devontae Adams, that's my guy. Yeah. Balled out in college together. He's killing it in the league. That's my guy. And that's that's my ride or die. And Derek Carr didn't have a great relationship with the Raiders anyway. So now he's stuck there in no man's land. And they signed Jimmy G. You trade Daryl Waller. Um, no, I'm not playing for you. Um, I, if I was Devontae Adams, and this goes totally against my competitive being, but if I'm Devontae Adams, I am not there for that. I am too good for that. I I would sit out. Yeah, send me to Buffalo. Get, I mean, I was already in a cold-weather city anyway. Send me to Buffalo where I know Josh Allen is definitely going to throw the ball to me. I know that's not going to be the fit, but, I mean, send me to Minnesota to play with Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson on the other side of the ball. Send me wherever – but I don't want to stay here, and I I agree with that. And there was some flack that he had apparently tweeted some stuff, and then people read into it like, oh, he's not happy with the Jimmy G signing. And then he came back out, and he's like, y'all are crazy. You know, I, I'm fine with the signing. He has to say that. Yeah. You can't you can't just be like, yeah, man, I hate my quarterback. Like, you're not allowed to do that as a, as a wide receiver. Um, I mean, just look how that worked for Robbie Anderson. I mean, yeah. he commenting on, you know, Baker not coming to, coming to the Panthers, and it's like, yeah. Glad that's not my quarterback. And then the following year, he uh, he's on the Carolina Panthers, and that's your quarterback, and now you're in the yep. locker room with that. Yep. Can't make, it can't make me any more happy, though, that the Raiders are going to be bad again. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you hate them probably the most. Uh, the most out of any team in the division. Yeah. I don't like the Broncos. I'm not a big fan of the Chargers, but the Raiders can't stand them. But I don't think they're going to be good. Uh, I do like their receivers, but you got rid of Waller, and I think Carr is a little bit better than Garoppolo. Yeah. And they're not really – it's not looking like they're going to improve it anywhere else. No. We're already bad. And you get rid of Darren Waller. That that was That's surprising. That's huge. And you didn't get anything for him. What, they get a third? Yeah, third-round pick, like pick number 100, the Kadarius Tony pick. The guy – what y'all got Kadarius Tony for in Kansas City, it's almost as if – just think about this for a second. The Chiefs get Kadarius Tony. The Giants get Darren Waller. The Raiders get no one. That's basically – I don't know if you've if you've done any dynasty trading ever, but there's the thing called you can do a three-way trade with three different teams. Those are the hardest trades to negotiate because there is somebody who's sitting there like, okay, this guy's getting Mahomes. He's getting Herbert. I'm getting Kenny Pickett. I'm not so sure that I want to do that trade. Like, I, I think Pickett could be a good quarterback, but – is is there not a Josh Allen for me? Can I get Herbert and you get Allen? That's the problem with this deal. It was terrible. And the Darren Waller's wife was like, we found out like over the internet that we were traded, and somebody said, well, why'd you get traded, you know, or whatever. And she goes, it's probably because we didn't invite Josh McDaniels to the wedding. That's impressive that you would even say that. It kind of shows some pettiness there if that's true. Can we Can we just talk about Coach McDaniels here for a second? So – this is like his second gig, right? So he he tried to go be a head coach for the first time with the Colts and kind of got out of it, and no nobody really noticed. Like, just wasn't a fit or whatever. So then he goes back to New England, has the same amount of success, and now he's here in Oakland, and what good has he done so far? Yeah. Like, 
the the guy can call plays, but why is it not translating? And he's not set up for success in the future, so it's only a matter of time. But before he he's probably out of there. But when you have an offense with Hunter Renfro, Devontae Adams, Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller, that's got to do you something. And then you've got Max Crosby on the other side. Yeah. And, and Chandler Jones, anything. too. I mean, Chandler they, Jones. They had they went all in. And I think there's another thing that this shows. The Chiefs have basically said, we don't care. Mm-hmm. Do what you're going to do. We're going to just kind of do what we've done, which we know works. Were it not for a really unfortunate game plan against the Buccaneers, they would be three-time Super Bowl champions, not two. I, if that offside play hadn't happened and they played the Rams in the Super Bowl the year that the Patriots went, probably before. So Mahomes would have four Super Bowls in his first five seasons, and he didn't start in his first season. That's insane. He like That's crazy. But you're looking at all of this, and you're saying the Raiders – the Broncos and the Chargers all said, we got them. And then the Chiefs were like, have you seen that video of the guy that's like, call an ambulance, call an ambulance. <laughs> he pulls out a knife or a gun. He's like, but not for me. That's the Chiefs. That's the Kansas City Chiefs. They are, they're like, oh, man, you're doing all this stuff. Hey, we'll just go 14-3 and three and we'll win the Super Bowl when Mahomes was on half an ankle. Like, that's crazy. Which brings us to the Kansas City Chiefs. Are there anything – Anything else needs to be said about the Raiders, the Broncos, or the Chargers? Good luck. Yeah. All right. I want to say this about the Chiefs. Um, talking about last season, because I'm, an, I'm a Memphis School of Preaching student, and I sat in the classroom last year when we traded Tyreek Hill and heard that we were going to miss the playoffs, and if we got in, we'd be maybe a seven seed. Mahomes was going to get exposed, and he, he's not going to be able to throw without Tyreek Hill. And I said, look, they're playing too high against us. They're double-teaming Hill and Kelsey. You gave us a spread of receivers. Mahomes will be better. And he had better numbers last year. Yeah. America, I was not one of those students that was speaking <laughs> that blasphemy. So uh, do leave me out of that well, situation. Right I don't there. want to mention any names, but he was a Cowboys fan. So, Oh, man, who could that have been? That's crazy. <laughs> but, no, we, we traded Tyreek Hill, and everyone kind of thought it was going to be a rebuild. We went all rookies in the secondary, and Brett Veach just figured it out. Andy Reid just figured it out. And when you have Patrick Mahomes, you're going to be competing. We got great production out of uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, I think 1,400 yards. That's incredible. And then the Kadarius Toney uh, trade is looking to be excellent. The man is so fast. If he could ever stay on the field, he'll be our number one wide receiver this year. Yeah. One of the things that's interesting, you, you mentioned it, he got better. Let's talk about how much, because he comes into the league, he plays that last game against Denver as a rookie in 2017. Throws for 284 yards, no touchdowns, one pick. But he was doing those crazy things where he's like, oh, he threw with his left hand, that's so crazy. He comes in in 2018, he has 50 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, 5,000 yards. Next year, big dip in yardage, big dip in touchdowns, big dip, you know, smaller interception pool, but he missed some time Mm -hmm. because of that dislocated knee. The very next year, the year they lost the Super Bowl, he has 38 touchdowns, six interceptions. I really believe there, there were some you know, comments being made like, hey, who cares, Tyreek's down there somewhere, I'll just I'll throw a bomb. I think that's what Mahomes was doing, yep. and it was costing them. Mm-hmm. They were throwing more interceptions. They were turning the ball over. That Bengals game 
they lost because of that mentality. Yep. Forcing it when you didn't have to in overtime, when you could have milked it down the field, you force it and you lose, and that's why you don't have another Super Bowl. And that's not what Andy Reid teaches. We saw it with Alex Smith. Yeah. And that, I think that's where Andy Reid looked at it and goes, we need to save Mahomes from himself because he's better than this. But him and Tyreek are such, you know, connected. Him and Kelsey are obviously, you know, a great connection. And so they get rid of him. He threw for 4,800 yards last year. His completion percentage went up from 66.3 to 67.1. His rating on the year was, you know, the third highest that it's been, fourth highest that it's been in his career, 105.2. By the way, the season before that was his lowest at 98.5 as a starter. He threw 41 touchdowns and 12 picks. As a fantasy player, I want to see that 41 go back to 50. I want the 50 touchdowns a year. I want the 5,000 yards. I like seeing that. I have I had projected them to take Jalen Hyatt in, in the first round with the 32nd overall pick. I thought they might lose Juju. That did end up happening. That's the only, the only signing I'll talk about. They could draft a guy in the fourth round, just like they did with Tyreek Hill in the fifth, that's a speedster, and just say, ah, you know, we'll, we'll find a way to make it work. I think Sky Moore is going to be a big year, big jump in year two. Kadarius Tony, you're right. How do you stop the Chiefs? It's hard. And even Mahomes, everyone thinks that he had a horrible Super Bowl. And because of raw numbers, he looks like he did. But he had the highest passer rating he's had in a Super Bowl yet. I think it was in the 130s. Yeah. It was an incredible Super Bowl. And they're just getting better. And it's interesting what we're doing this offseason because uh, we, we let Frank Clark go, and I'm very thankful for what he did. We let Orlando Brown go. And then we went and signed a right tackle and a defensive tackle to play left tackle and defensive end. It's like when you're building a team on Madden and you're like, oh, he's 96 overall center. Yeah, I can move him to left tackle. Yeah. That's what the Chiefs are doing yeah. right now. And it's been working. He's played in, in three Super Bowls now. His total passer rating, 79.7, 738 yards, five touchdowns, four interceptions. He didn't throw a pick in this last Super Bowl. He had three touchdowns in this last Super Bowl. Had the least amount of yards that he had, but he was 21 to 27. Mm -hmm. And I really believe had he been healthier, had he been upright the whole game, he would have thrown for more than 182 yards. He would have had, I mean, it would have been even more of an understanding, this dude's the MVP. His first Super Bowl, 78.1 rating. Not that great. He lost, you know, 18 yards on four sacks. His second Super Bowl, I've never seen a quarterback harassed more than than Patrick Mahomes against the Buccaneers. They knew that's what they had to do because they watched them get boat raced earlier in the season where Tyreek is backflipping into the end zone and doing the peace sign. And then, you know, of course, uh, I can't think of the guy's name, number 31 for the Buccaneers. Um Oh, man, his dad played as well. Oh, Winfield, is it? Yeah, Winfield. And then Antoine Winfield's on the Super Bowl field holding up the peace sign right in front of his face. He had the worst rating, 52.3. He was only sacked three times. That's incredible. He had thrown two picks in both Super Bowls, though, but no touchdowns in the second one. I, I agree with you. Yeah, his numbers don't pop off the stat sheet if you just say, hey, he's going to throw 182 yards. If I had told you that before the Super Bowl, you would have probably said, we're going to lose. We're going to lose. It's over. But if I told you he throws, throws three touchdowns, kind of like that night where Travis Kelsey had, what, four receptions, 33 yards, and four touchdowns or something like that this season, that was Mahomes in the Super Bowl. And it was such a genius move. Two of those touchdowns were wide open. That's all Andy Reid. Mm -hmm. He was ready to go. Uh, but I, I want us to think about what we've done 
really this offseason, going into next season. When we won the Super Bowl in 2019, we signed every single person back that we possibly could. And we said, we won the Super Bowl, let's bring everybody back, and let's try it again. And injuries piled up, we lose to the Buccaneers. Then they rebuild their entire team for back-to-back years, win a Super Bowl. Brett Veach says, I'm not going to do that again. We're not bringing everyone back. Let's go ahead and rebuild, retool, and I think it's going to work out for them. We have 10 draft picks, and there's a lot of moves to be made there. So what if, what if because I, I like these scenarios before we get to the records, predictions, what if the Chiefs said, hmm, we don't need Mahomes, but, man, it would be nice to replace Frank Clark. So why don't we try to package some picks and move up to the, into the top 15, top 20s? It's hard, but what if there was a scenario where Jalen Carter – just free-falling, free-falling, this Georgia defensive tackle. And the Chargers or the, the Chiefs are looking at it like, hmm, Steelers might take him at 17. The Commanders, they're not getting their quarterback. Could you move up 16 spots and snipe and get a Jalen Carter if he fell that way? And would that be something that would actually be more beneficial or where would you rather see the Chiefs go, I guess, would be the better question. What do they need the most in the first round? If we could get Jalen Carter in the teens, it would probably be worth it. But he'd be about the only player, him or Will Anderson. Yeah. Because uh, we need a tackle bad. And there's a few tackles that could be around late in the first round. And if we just sit back, I feel like we can get a good tackle. Well, we need to attack tackle and defensive end. And there's a man in the draft, Felix Anudike Uzama. And he was second in sacks for returning players two years ago. And then last year he had another great year, one Big 12 uh, defensive player of the year. I played high school football with him. Yeah, great dude. He's supposed to go late first round, early uh, early second round. So if we could snag those two people, that would solve an edge rusher issue and our right tackle issue. Uh, it could be very good uh, for next season. Yeah, I could see that. Nick Bolton's obviously been a huge boost for y'all. You could argue he won the Super Bowl with that fumble recovery. He's one of our best defensive players. And that was after they took Willie Gay. And they were like, yeah, we're not really satisfied with Willie Gay. We'll take Nick Bolton. And then they're like, oh, there's this guy, Leo Chanel, that's actually playing really well, too. And it's the Chiefs. I've said this on the podcast in the NFC, and I'll say it again for the Chiefs, and then we can let you all close it out however you want before we get to the record predictions and the debate. The teams that do the best are the teams that draft well past the fourth round. Mm -hmm. I've heard people say, well, the first three rounds, nothing's really guaranteed. The first round, you better hit. Second round, you're hoping the third round and beyond it, you know, it's kind of like a who knows. I disagree with that. I think you should still be able to find quality players in the top 150. There should be quality play. If you don't get a top players because you did some some scouting incorrectly, you get past the fourth round and you have multiple guys that you could argue like all these players the Chiefs have done cornerback wise in addition to the guy that took Trent McDuffie, but they also drafted some guys who had a pick six against the Chargers. I can't think of his name right now. Um, Yeah, Watson, Jalen Watson. He played well in spurts. There were other guys who have played well. Uh, LeJarius Sneed was a guy that was not a top pick. He managed to play very well. Tyreek Hill, of course, was one of those fifth-round guys that they said, ah, that's not going to work out. I think Andy Reid knows what he's doing, and I think the GM knows what he's doing. Kareem Hunt was a third-round pick years ago, 91 overall, and he played out phenomenally before he had some off-the-field issues. Kelsey was a third-round pick. Yeah. Here are all these guys – that's what they do. And so I, I do think they're one of those, you give them 10 picks in a draft, 
I would say a hot take, I guess, would be I would bank on at least four or five of those guys being solid contributors next year. Well, what we did last year is we drafted corners in the first round, fourth round, seventh round. We said those three guys plus Legereus Sneed, that's our cornerback room. That's late round picks. Now, we have ten picks, but I think three of those are in the seventh round, so those are late picks. But I trust Brett Veach is going to be able to do something yeah. with even those picks. I mean, uh, our running back, Isaiah Pacheco, was a seventh <laughs> round pick. Love Isaiah Pacheco. Which is also why there. I'll I'll say this. And I'll throw it to you because you need to talk. Have you heard the people saying oh, the Chiefs should go get Saquon Barkley? Doesn't that make you mad that yeah. these guys are being paid to have a show, and they're giving analysts analysis like that just because they know people will listen to it? Oh, what if they got Christian McCaffrey? They're not going to do that. They made that mistake last time. Remember who we drafted in the first round? Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Never mm-hmm. worked out. And he, even if you got the pedigree with a Christian McCaffrey or Saquon Barkley, they're not going to pay him. That's not what they do. Pacheco's probably going to be their starter for the next several years, and if he takes the hometown discount, maybe they see further. If he doesn't, they'll draft another guy. That's what they do. Did you buy the rumors that Andy Reid was going to retire? No. I didn't either. What do you have to say about the Chiefs? As far as that running back – goes I think that with their with their pick in in the draft I think a guy that they should really consider would be um Jameer Gibbs out of of Alabama um probably the best overall athlete in the draft I don't know that he lasts to 32 because of how good he is but he fits that mold of what you would want in uh a running back, um, especially in Kansas City and Andy Reid's offense, kind of that Alva Kamara type role. But I think that the conversations have been great, but I think we're – I think, boys, that we really need to start discussing the GOAT conversation, not only for the Chiefs or not only for Patrick Mahomes in general, but think about Andy Reid. Let's let's think a little bit. If if he were to get another one, has he surpassed Bill Belichick? Would you say that he's maybe greater than, although be it in college, who would you rather take right now if you had one game for your life? Are you taking Andy Reid or are you taking Nick Saban? And then you got Travis Kelsey. We, the Chiefs are so far above anybody in the AFC West that – to not have these types of conversations is really not doing the Kansas City Chiefs justice. What they are doing right now, realistically, if they were to get another one, I know in my lifetime, you know, you had Tom Brady that had that run there. But outside of that, historically, like, as long, I mean, the last three decades, is there, is there a better team than the Kansas City Chiefs? I mean, if you look at the coach, you look at Andy Reid, what he did uh, with Brett Favre in uh, Green Bay, what he did with Donovan McNabb in Philly, and even Mike Vick in Philly. And now you look at what he's done with Patrick Mahomes and, heck, even Alex Smith. I mean, going back that far, like, it's not unreasonable to say that Andy Reid might be the greatest NFL coach ever if they were to get another one. So I think that those are the types of conversations that we need to start having 
with the Chiefs, at least until they start playing football again, because realistically, you can never count them out of any game. And, I mean, they're the best team on the field against anybody. They're not going to be not the favorite in any game that they play until somebody beats them. And then even then, when you step on the field with this group, as a fan and maybe even as opposing players, like, where do you see the win? Because they, they, they've blown out teams. They've come from behind. They've, I mean, they've won playoff games without Patrick Mahomes too. I mean, I, I know we kind of talked about it earlier in the week about my Browns. Um, after we beat Pittsburgh, we roll into Kansas City, and we're we're playing our tails off. And even Patrick Mahomes is not on the field, and they found a win a game with Chad Heaney. I would challenge anybody that's not over the age of 25 to tell me where Chad Henney went to college and what year he was drafted. Anybody knows, let me know. That is an incorrect answer, um, is it Michael. Michigan? It is Michigan. Oh, that's right. I knew it was an MI. Okay. He played in Miami, didn't he? No, he's Chad Henney played in Miami. No, I'm talking no, about yeah, in, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the Dolphins. In the yeah, NFL. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. that's where the disconnect yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, he's just a he's just a baby Brady. Then he just missed his chance. Uh, yeah, no. So, Anything is possible. But I, I I think that those are the types of conversations that we need to have with the Kansas City Chiefs. Is I mean, are 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 you taking right now? Are you taking Saban? Or are you taking Andy Reid? If you the game for your life, who would you take right now? Mike Tomlin. No. <laughs> No, I I will say I I think there's a valid argument to be made with Andy Reid genuinely becoming a goat in his own right. I I struggle with saying Mahomes is going to be the goat not because I don't think he's capable, but because all it takes is an injury. You know, all it takes is something crazy that happens. He gets rolled up on one year and then he loses a little bit of that ankle that he can actually twist and contort his body in such a way to throw the ball the way that he does, and they never get back. You know, you you never really factor in. I watch big, I watch Big Ben walk off the field against the Packers when we lost, and I thought we'll be back. We never were. I watched, you know, um, countless guys walk off the field like Drew Brees, who won and thought we'll be back, and he never did. How many times does that happen? Like, it, it's it's a special thing for Mahomes to have been to three, almost gone to five. He, like, legitimately could have had a chance to be in five and was leading in all of the games and could have been there. But I don't know, like, just for example, can Andy Reid coach another 10 years? I'm not sure. No. I don't know that it, – I'm not sure that he will want to do that. I think he, he can coach another five for sure. Yeah. I can coach another seven maybe. But Mahomes has 10 – to 14 years minimum left. If he does like Brady and can play into his 40s, you could maybe start to say he could play another 15 years. That's wild to think about, especially with the the style of play that he plays at. 15 more years of those plays that he's making right now. Oh, those will those will change. He won't do all the running around and the weird no-look passes anymore. Probably about year 10, you'll start to see his, his game change, which is about five years from now. That's what Rodgers did. That's what some of these other guys have done. I, I don't know. I, I can't but say He's that, got the arm to keep it up. 
Yeah, and that's the that's the real problem though is making Just, sure that it stays healthy. I, I think that you brought up an interesting uh, point there about the game changing with a guy like Rodgers. Historically, if it, 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 let's just say you had twenty more years of Aaron Rodgers prime or Patty Mahomes prime, you're starting a team. Who are you taking? Mahomes. Mahomes. Yeah, and that's it, only because Rodgers, as great as he's been, he was. Now, if if I get full full right of ownership, yeah, I think it's yeah, a, that's a what you're doing. Debate. It's your team. It's a bigger debate in that regard because. I know that I don't have to watch the Packers waste his career like they wasted Brett Favre's, like they wa- they're going to waste Jordan Love's and whoever else is next. I think it's unfair to Patrick Mahomes to discredit him in a way to say that uh, he's not on trajectory to go back and to bring him up in the same light as Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers, who only went to one. The pinnacle that everyone's been talking about about Patrick Mahomes is once he wins that second, it puts him in a different status. Yeah. When he just is in one, he's in a different status. Right now he's moved up a status. Oh, no, don't get me wrong. I definitely believe he's not Breeze. I'm just using his examples. Like, we thought for sure Rodgers would win another. And he might. We thought for sure Breeze would win another. So you never know. Like, what if what if that game against the Eagles was the last time he walks off the field as a Super Bowl champion? Montana only got to four. I mean, Brady got to 10, won seven. Terry Bradshaw won four and never made it back again. Like, and they had a really good team even still in the 80s, but the 49ers came along. All I'm, all I'm getting at, I guess, with that is, is Mahomes absolutely – absolutely. But what if for some crazy reason over in the NFC there is a team that starts to figure out certain things? They, they hit on the quarterback. You know, they get a guy. He's awesome. Like, the, what if the Panthers take C.J. Stroud? Let's just throw it out because it's the number one pick. It's the easiest example. He goes to the Panthers. They start to actually be contending more in a couple of years. What if at the same time as the AFC continues to be loaded and stacked, you have a lot of tight, close races with Mahomes because the Steelers made it back to the AFC Championship game several times without going to the Super Bowl. The Colts made it to the AFC Championship game several times without going to the Super Bowl. That's my point is there's not there's not a doubt in my mind that I, I think he will win – a few more Super Bowls. I think he could win five more. But I doubt after year five from now, five years from now, he's in his 10th year, right about the time the team will have to change a little bit more. He'll change his game a little bit because he's got to to stay healthy. He'll be 32 years old. He cannot try to contort his body completely all over the place. I think that's when Andy Reid will hang it up. Now, what if there is a guy out there that's a guru that is taken under Andy Reid, and he just completely goes along. What if Eric Bieniemy comes back and is able to – who knows? Who knows? I, I don't think that's what happens, but who knows? If Mahomes loses Andy Reid and they don't replace Reid and they don't keep Veach happy and Veach, you know, if that dynamic goes away too, I'm not so sure that Mahomes or any quarterback is able to just – make lightning in a bottle without the proper placement around them. We, we've got our next coach in-house right now. There's a man by the name of Matt Nagy who slipped oh, Mahomes' boy. plays to get Patrick Mahomes drafted to Kansas City. That's a hot All take, right? but then I don't hate it. He goes to the Bears, 
and drafts Mitchell Trubisky. Now, which one of you want to argue that Mitchell Trubisky's a Pro Bowl-type quarterback? Bro, he was on the Steelers. I ain't arguing that. And then <laughs> he took that team to the playoffs. Now you give him Brett Veach. And you give him Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is the guy that, uh, that uh, Nagy wanted. That's why he's in Kansas City. Nagy was one of the biggest proponents of that. What if the what if the Nagy experiment doesn't work out though? What if the enemy really was some secret sauce? What if? You know me. I've got to ask. <laughs> I mean, I got to ask. I, I'm not sure I believe that. But what if? You know, do you buy the do you buy that Andy Reid calls most of the plays and then he writes most of the plays? Every time our offense is stagnant, I see Andy Reid pick up a play sheet and it starts working again. So then, in that argument, I would I would push back just a slight bit and say, then I don't even know if Matt Nagy will fix it. I don't know. It's a hard thing, but that's the thing. Like, it's difficult. Did anybody genuinely believe when Brady walked off the field against the Chiefs the night that they won, did anybody genuinely believe when that whole team basically came back they weren't going to win another one? I With mean, Tom I, Brady I, at the helm? I picked them as to repeat the next year as a favorite. So That's my point. That Not that they're not good enough, not that they're not capable – but all it takes is one cog in the wheel to be removed. One little one little moment in time where Brett Veach goes, I don't want to do this without Andy Reid. I'm going to retire. Uh, and to, to hit on that point, I've been, I've been kind of holding this in and, and thinking about it. If we're just talking about Patrick Mahomes' status, once Andy Reid decides to hang it up, because you got to think, Travis Kelsey, he's not young. He's going he's, he's gonna to be gone before Patty is. If I'm Patrick Mahomes and I don't like that next replacement head coach, I'm out with Andy. Get me out of here. Do you Thank think- you, Kansas City. You're wonderful. You were great. But if once Andy Reid goes, if I don't like who we've got coming in, I would I would be open to other options. Do you think he signed a ten year contract to keep him in Kansas City till his late thirties, knowing Mah- uh, Andy Reid won't be there at the end of that contract, and thinking I'm probably going to want out at some point? Like, there's nothing. There's no part of him. He has investments in the Kansas City Royals, Sporting Kansas City, our soccer team, uh, Kansas City Current, our women's soccer team. He has already planted about 20 Whataburgers in the Kansas City area. He's a, He is a big enough superstar. He could do that mogul. anywhere. He's a mogul. But so, I, I will say this. I do think Mahomes is, is watching and no quarterback other than Big Ben truly retired with their team by choice. Now, Ben was told he wasn't going to be brought back. Ben decided, I'm not playing for anybody else. I'm gone. Eli Manning was benched. So he was like, I'm out. I'm not even playing. I'll just retire as a giant. That's fine. If I don't have it, I don't have it. What's the other quarterback that stayed with the team that drafted them? And who knows what he does late in his career. What I'm saying is he'll at least be at the Chiefs till his late 30s. And I agree he will with be that. at the Chiefs on our next head coach. And I agree. And that's where I think the, the biggest question mark is this. Kelsey turns 34 October 5th. We're we're debating about him in just a minute, so I don't want to give all the I don't want to give away the farm on this, but this is a very 
loaded tight end class coming in. And you know you have a first-round pick at 32. Darnell Washington from Georgia, monster of a tight end who makes Gronk look small, is going to be available probably in the late 20s, and you could move up from 32 to get him. Here's my question. Here's the only reason I'm asking this. I don't see Kelsey playing until he's 38. Five years from now is the end of that rookie contract. And one of the things that the Patriots proved, and the Chiefs have even proved it too with Jody Fortson and Noah Gray and some of the other guys that they've had over the years, two tight end sets work really well. You could argue then that Kelsey would have even more availability over the middle. Instead of drafting another wide receiver, you don't need another wide receiver, just get another tight end. And then if something happened to Kelsey, you're covered. I would I would rather see that than an offensive tackle because I believe they could get an offensive tackle in the second round. I also believe they're a type of team that if they really felt like it, they could just go trade for some disgruntled tackle from another team too and make it work because – they did sign somebody from the Jaguars. So I, I think that's an interesting point to bring up. But I agree with you that he'll be there with the next head coach. How long is the is the real question mark? Because five years from now, Reed's probably done. He will be in year five or six of his new – six or seven of his new deal. Three years left, maybe. Mahomes? Yeah. He's under contract till I think age thirty six or age thirty seven. So almost ten. Okay. It was a ten year contract. Okay. Plus he already had two years left. So, then you're looking at a guy that he could force his way out if he really wanted to. Like if Matt Nagy doesn't get the job, and they say they hire a defensive guy, I don't see Mahomes wanting to stick around for that. I don't. I don't think we have to worry about that. I don't either. But I just I feel like that would be one of those like if Mike Tomlin was hired, I think Mahomes would be like, yeah, I like Mike Tomlin and all, but. No, I'm not doing this. Um, I I think there's some interesting stuff. Like, What if Mike McDaniel was the next head coach? What if Sean McVay was the next head coach? You continue to bring in some offensive group. Brian Dable, you could bring back guys like that too. I'm not sure that Nagy is not the head coach. I'm also not sure that if they have an opportunity to bring in a bigger guy with a better resume. Well, that's what's also interesting. Andy Reid has a very big coaching tree. Yeah. Many of those guys would probably accept an offer to come and coach Patrick Mahomes. Right. And likely they'd be taking over maybe even Chris Jones still there. Maybe. And so it could be get interesting. I do think, though, that they have to take a tight end in this class. I'm not sure if it's first round. I don't think it's first round. But I don't know that you would – what Edwards Elaire was not is what Jonathan Taylor could have been if they just took him. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that the argument could be made that it's impossible to get a great great guy in the first round. If you believed that Darnell Washington or Luke Musgrave or a Michael Meyer, if he were available, if one of those three guys was there and you thought, hey, he could take 10 years off of Kelsey's life and help or add 10 years to his life, so to speak, and help him, maybe Kelsey does get to play till he's 38, and then that guy's 27. Well, my point on the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire move, it felt that move felt like, we're already the Super Bowl champions. Right. We're going to be just as good next year, so let's take a luxury pick. All right, it, it, drafting a tight end would be a different scenario. And it would be 
it, we do run two and even three tight end sets. This would become our next starting tight end. So I think that yeah. is a little bit different than the Clyde pick. Yeah. At two. But I don't think we take one in the first round. The only, re- the only way I could see it happen is if there's a run on tackle mm-hmm. and a run on receiver, and you're looking at it and you're going, the best tackle on our board is ranked 39th. Yeah. Do we reach seven spots or do we take a guy like a Musgrave, Washington, or Meyer who is ranked 28th on our board and we're, we're getting a Beach is also good at trading back, so you never know. Right. I, I think that they've got to come away with a tight end in the next two drafts, one of the two, whether it's this year or next. I know this year's loaded, and I think that this is a good year. Maybe Brock Bowers – you know, next year is a junior, and he's in Georgia. He's a Georgia guy that's also going to be a monster. I've seen us mock to a lot of tight ends in the middle rounds. Yeah, late day two, early day three. It could also be one of those things where the Chiefs say, "Hey, we'll trade up in the second round. Mm-hmm. We'll get to pick thirty three or thirty four. We know the Steelers aren't taking one at, at thirty two. Mm-hmm. We could we could sell the farm a little bit if a if a guy fell like Washington or someone else. Why not? Um, and I the only thing with that is you got to make sure Kelsey's okay. You can't you can't take Kelsey out of the equation there. Yeah. So, um, anything else to say before we get to our debate? I know we got to talk about the records real quick, but anything else to say about the Chiefs? I know this is hard, and we knew that we knew this was going to happen with the AFC North and the AFC West, that it was going to be a longer podcast because we had – I love – if I didn't root for the Steelers, the Chiefs are a close second for me. I love the Chiefs. I love what Mahomes can do. I love watching them play. It's, every Sunday, the Steelers are on the big TV – Chiefs are on my iPad. I'm always watching to see what Mahomes does next. Anything else to say about them? I mean, it's just good football, and I think we all three can agree um, we can appreciate good football where it's played and good organizations, and and that's what you that's what you want. And they are a prime example of that. Um, so I, I mean, I think a lot of that comes with Andy Reid. Um, that's that's my personal opinion. But, uh, you know, we all can appreciate good football, and that's what the Kansas City Chiefs are is good football. All right. Caleb, you got anything else? We did our record predictions. We did not let Caleb have the Chiefs. We felt that would be unfair since Tyler or I did not get to pick for our teams. So we – oh, that was almost a really good catch. Sorry, we're watching the XFL while we're doing this. I took the Chiefs, Tyler got the Raiders and the Broncos, Caleb got the Chargers. I said that the Chiefs would go 15-2. and two. Caleb, do you remember what you said about the Chargers? 11-6. and 11-6, and six, and then the Raiders and Broncos. Raiders will go? 6-11. and 4-12. and 12. Or, Yeah, 4-12. and 12. <laughs> Yeah, 4-12. and 12. I had those mixed up. And the Broncos go? 7-10. and 7-10, and 10. that's right. So, that gives our playoffs – for the AFC side, I need to do this with Jamison, predict the records. We didn't do that. Playoffs on the AFC side, the Chiefs at the number one seed at 15-2. and two, The Bills at the number two seed at 14-3. and three. We nixed Mark's pick because of Tyler saying that the Browns will not go 13-4, and four, so the Bengals won the division at 12-5. and five. Jaguars are at four at 12-5. and five. Chargers are at five at 11-6. and six. Jets at six at 11-6. and six. And then the Steelers sneak in at 11-6 and six as well. Which brings us to our goat versus goat, and it's a good one. I have the statistics in front of me. You can ask me any questions you want as you make your opinions, and then I will also give mine at the end. Goat, greatest of all time, versus goat, greatest of their era. Rob Gronkowski, Travis Kelsey. Any questions you got, I got it in front of me. 
at least regular season stats. You start Tyler. I I think it's it's a very interesting conversation because we have to look at what what are we asking? Because if we're asking who the better player is, I think that the majority of folks would say Travis Kelsey. But the question is, as far as their position, they play tied in. And we cannot discount the ability to block. Not saying that Travis Kelsey can't block. I mean, he's a professional football player, so obviously he can do that. But Gronk was built different in that way. He could do both. So I would say... I would say if we're going purely based on my definition of tight end, I think that Gronk is the better tight end. But what Travis Kelsey has been doing on this run with Patrick Mahomes has been absolutely incredible. Now, you could make that same disclaimer for Gronk. What did Gronk do without Tom Brady? So I get that. I, I get both sides of that, but I'm I'm going to lean towards Gronk being the better overall tight end and Travis Kelsey being a better overall player by definition. And so I, I, I would go Gronk as a GOAT tight end right he now. He didn't even ask for stats or nothing. He just said Gronk. What you got, Caleb? I would disagree. Uh, Shocking. You're saying that the reason is because of blocking ability. I would agree that Gronkowski is a better blocker, but I don't think Kelsey is a bad enough blocker uh, to move him out of being the better tight end. The thing about Kelsey is that he doesn't block a lot because he's in routes, not because he can't block. And when he does block, he's very efficient at it. The thing about Kelsey is if you're taking away that Kelsey and you're saying that Kelsey – uh, can't, isn't the best tight end because he's more of a receiver. In 2015, the Chiefs had a roster that featured Jamal Charles mostly. That roster didn't throw a single touchdown to a wide receiver, one of the craziest stats I've ever seen. And so we're talking about a team that wasn't throwing very many uh, touchdowns. Yeah, they had touchdown passes to tight ends, and Kelsey still had his numbers. He went through Alex Smith, had his numbers, and then he went to Patrick Mahomes, and yes, he had better numbers, but anyone can throw to Travis Kelsey when at age 34 last season he was being double teamed and found himself wide open by 10 or 15 yards. He is the best pass-catching tight end of all time, and, I would argue. Yeah. And I would say he's a good enough blocker that he's still the best tight end. Okay, so let's take a look, and Michael said that these are regular season stats. So – what is Travis Kelsey's best regular season compared to Gronk's? All right. Before I do that, I'm going to weigh in with my take. And it pains me. Gronk missed 32 games in his career. Okay? Which surprised me. I thought it was less than that. It's 32 games. That's two NFL seasons before the 17th game was added. How many games has Kelsey missed? Let's just play some trivia. 
Not it's got to be. It's got to be less than that, I would assume. And I don't. I can't remember a time he he wasn't on the field. I can't okay. remember a game he missed in his rookie season. He had arthroscopic, microscopic, not arthroscopic, or maybe it is. I don't know. He had knee surgery. <laughs> Let's just say it that way. And he missed all but one play. So he he missed fifteen, essentially sixteen games. So he missed one season less than Gronk. In their careers, Gronk's best season by far was 2011, where he had 90 receptions, 1,300 yards, and 17 touchdowns. In Kelsey's career, his best year as far as total yards and touchdowns would be 2020, he had 105 receptions, 1,400 yards, and 11 touchdowns. Here's the issue. I know if if ifs and buts were candies and nuts, so what a wonderful world it would be. So I, I get that as I'm starting this. I believe if Gronk did not miss those 32 games, he would be blowing Kelsey out of the water statistically. Can you tell me Kelsey's age versus Gronk's age? So, Gronk, Kelsey's 33, almost 34. Gronk is, mm, where'd it go? Doesn't say. He's 33. So, they're the he same age. 34. And Kelsey's still out there putting up a 1,000-yard season. Well, now here's, here's something to think about. I haven't told you their total stats yet, which is why it's hard for me to say Kelsey. Games played. Two, two full seasons essentially missed for Gronk in his career because of the way that it worked out. 621 receptions on 961 targets for 9,200 yards. That's Gronk. And 92 touchdowns. So he averaged one touchdown essentially per 100 yards that he got. Every 100 yards, he got a touchdown. Travis Kelsey has 1,100 targets, almost 200 more than, which is those two seasons, I bet. You know, I mean, 200 more targets. He does have more receptions, almost 200 more, 814. He barely has 1,000 yards. He's right at 10,344 yards. He's like just over that 1,000-yard mark. He has 69 touchdowns. Here's where it's interesting because it also has to be remembered Gronk retired for about two years, almost. He was gone all of 2019 after getting hurt in 2018. He just said, I'm done. So he's missing another season that Kelsey's not missing as well, which is three. So now it's the three seasons. The thing that's hard is, in the very beginning of his career, until 2013, he had 10 touchdowns his rookie season, 17, 11, Four in his, his third, fourth season, he got hurt. Then he had 12 and 11. He got hurt again, only had three. Comes back, plays most of the year, has eight touchdowns. Gets hurt again, doesn't really have a great year. Retires after that. He only has three touchdowns. Comes back with the Buccaneers. Has seven touchdowns and six touchdowns. 600 yards, 800 yards, retires. With Kelsey, you look at him before Mahomes got on the scene. And it's unfair because he also played with Brady like his whole career, Gronk. But that rookie season taken away, 
he's played in every game but two. Like, and those two are probably, we don't have to play him because we've secured a playoff spot. We're just not going to risk it. Right. Prior to Mahomes starting in 2018, here are his stats. His second season, he had 87 targets, 67 catches, 862 yards, five touchdowns. Respectable. Third season, 875 yards, five touchdowns, 72 receptions, 103 targets. Bumps up. 117 targets his fourth season in 2016, 85 receptions, 1,125 yards, four touchdowns. 2017, the last year with Alex Smith, 1,000 yards, eight touchdowns, 83 receptions. Mahomes comes on the scene, and it changes. Uh, pretty significantly. 1,300 yards his first year. He had 150 targets, had 103 receptions, 10 touchdowns, highest of his career. Next season, 136 targets, 97 catches, 1,200 yards, five touchdowns. Next season with Mahomes, 2020, 105, 145 targets, 1,400 yards, 11 touchdowns. 2021, by far his worst season with Mahomes, 92 receptions. 1,100 yards, nine touchdowns. Last year, 110 receptions, 1,300 yards. His best of his career outside of 2020, 12 touchdowns. I think the unfortunate problem in the debate, in my opinion, and I love Kelsey, and I do think that if he continues to play another three to five years, he could he could blow out Gronk's numbers and it won't even be a debate. Mahomes, you could almost argue, made Kelsey a stud, which is fine. That's what Gronk did for Brady. He extended Brady's career. And so I think it's more, in some ways, a toss-up. I will I will concede this because of the injuries. Durability is the best. You know, availability is the best ability. Mm-hmm. Durability is second to that. I will give the edge to Kelsey of greatest of all time for that reason. Because... It's hard to find a guy who misses that many games his rookie season. I bet there, I bet you could find articles in 2014. Kelsey was a wasted pick, just like last year with Mahomes. But he's not missed more than one game since, you know, a season. He's missed two games in his entire career after that. 2017, he missed one game. 2020, he missed another. That's interesting. 2017, he missed one game and still threw for 1,100 yards. Mm-hmm. That one game that he missed, if I remember correctly, was week – 17 because we'd already locked up our division and we rested all the people. That was the Mahomes game. Yep. And so that wasn't even an injury. Yep. So the he was available then. I bet that's the same thing in 2020. Probably was. Um, because why would you do it? You had to lock that up year, that year. You're the number one overall. So I, I say greatest of their era, Gronk. He but, changed the game, and you could make the argument. He came in three years before Kelsey. You could make the argument he changed people's minds on the tight end position, him and Aaron Hernandez. Well, you you well, you, you really got to look, too, and not saying that Kelsey is a small player, but Gronk is a physical specimen. I mean, not only can he run the routes, do the blocks, but he he's almost at the point to where, like, if that man gained, you know, 20, 30 pounds, you could put him at left tackle. Like, He's he's a different body type than Travis Kelsey. And so I think a lot of his touchdown numbers in particular, too, 
when you get down in the red zone, it's harder for Travis Kelsey to run. Even even looking back, and, and me and Caleb actually watched the Super Bowl together, if you think about the last two or three touchdowns scored, notice where they went to. And not that Travis couldn't make those plays. That's not what I'm saying. But look how they got into the end zone. On the edges, with more, and I think Pacheco had one. With Gronk, you can literally throw it up to him, and there's no, if he jumps, nobody's going to be able to out-jump him. So I think that that honestly adds another dimension to his game. Not that Kelsey isn't a red zone threat, but Gronk's physicality and just body type is better for red zone play than Travis Kelsey from that standpoint. But, I mean, you know, if we're going to give this same credit to Kelsey, it's kind of like the LeBron-Jordan debate as far as the durability. Like, the fact that LeBron has done it this long has to count for something. So it also has to count for Kelsey that he's doing it for this long. So I, I, I think that you can't go wrong with anything. And the, the thing that makes this even more leaning towards Kelsey is he's not done yet. Gronk's probably not going to play another game. So his resume is pretty much set. Um, and I, I, Gronk changed the mindset. And if you and when we look at the numbers, he was more consistent when he was on the field. But Travis Kelsey hasn't not been on the field. But Gronk was consistent with the same quarterback. Kelsey's well, that, been consistent. That's true. Home. That's true. And it has been another gear. I I have no doubt in my mind. Kelsey will will still be making the rounds the next two seasons at least. Oh, yeah. And you were talking about, um, and you can correct me on these stats if I did the math wrong, but I think if I heard you correctly, uh, Kelsey had 200 more completions than Gronkowski, but he also had 200 more attempts. Is that correct? Yeah, it was almost, he has like 200 receptions. He's like right at 193 receptions more than Kelsey or Gronk but also a lot more targets. He had like 1,100 targets, yeah. Well, I, so it's I, about 200 more targets. He was about a 100% catch rate on those extra catches over Gronkowski. Yeah, right now he's getting he's getting right at an 81.4 reception rate. Well, and another thing that you can add towards Kelsey's argument is when was Gronk truly the number one option on his team? Every year. Every year. Even the years when they had Every guys year. like Edelman and Every year. If he, was healthy, if he was healthy, that's where Brady was looking. And I can tell you from experience. Was it is it as much as Kel, uh, I can tell Patty you, to Kelsey? I can tell you from experience. I watched that man as a rookie carve up the Steelers' defense when we, we went to the Super Bowl that year in 2010. And Rob Gronkowski destroyed us. And it was from that point on. That's why I think you see – 10, 17, 11, for the year he got hurt. But he still, in the year he got hurt, he had 39 receptions, 500 yards through seven games. He was going to blow it up that year too. 12 touchdowns the next year, 11 touchdowns the next year, three another year where he got hurt. But in eight games, 25 receptions, 540 yards. He, he was a monster. He was a menace. And I was so thankful in the games that he played 
when we could find a way to shut him down because that was rare. It hardly right. ever happened. Right. And I didn't fear Edelman as much. I didn't fear – and they, they carved us up, don't get me wrong. But I knew just like every time we would play the Chiefs here lately, I know we have no answer for Travis Kelsey. We don't. We don't. That's what they're they're trying to do in Pittsburgh, getting rid of their linebackers every other year and trying to get better linebackers. They got to keep up with Mark Andrews. They got to find guys that are athletic enough to go against Kelsey and other tight ends in the league, Jacecki, and other guys that they know they're going to face. Darren they Waller used to be a problem, but now not as much. And Joku, when he's healthy, is also a big problem. But that's the issue. Gronk was the target. That's why when Brady left to go to Tampa Bay, he didn't bring Edelman with them. He didn't bring most of the other wide receiving core. He got Gronk out of retirement to go. That's a big deal. I do want to say about both of these tight ends, and I'm younger, but these are the two best tight ends I've ever witnessed with Same. my own eyes. Gronkowski, you had to double-team him because if you had one guy on his left, he would catch it on his right. If you had one guy on his right, he would catch it on his left. He was that big that he took two corners to cover him. Kelsey, you put two corners on him, and he's still going to be wide open. Yeah. Right. And so these are two incredible players. One thing that I do need – I want to point out, too, because it, it is interesting how big it shifted. And then we can close it out with whatever you all want to say. Um, and, again, we're very sorry that we've kept you. We love you all very much. But this is important. The stats changed in average yards per game, too, for Kelsey in 2018. He went from averaging right at 70-ish at his best to 83.5, 76.8, 94.4, 70.3, and 78.7, which tells me Alex Smith did not have the connection with Travis Kelsey that Mahomes has. I also think it's interesting you look over at Gronk, and Gronk starts off 34.1 as a rookie. He only had 42 receptions, 59 targets, 500 yards, 10 touchdowns. Next year, 82.9. 71.8, 84 74.9, 78.4, 67.5, 77.4, 52.5, 38.9, and then 66.8. Those are his last three years. They're his worst years um, other than his rookie season. Do you know what's funny? The year that he got hurt and missed the most time, he, aver he was averaging the most reception yards of his career, 84.6 a game. And he missed eight, no, nine games. That's freakish. That's that's hard to that's hard to beat. And it also I think proves he was the target. He was the guy. Well, yeah, yeah. That I mean that that was an honest, legit question because yeah. there's there's a lot of people out there that believe that it, it was a system deal in New England. And you know, regardless of you know how you feel about Aaron Hernandez, like. Not saying that he's in this category that we're talking about now, but when he shared the field with Gronk, he was a dude as well. So that I mean, that was my honest, sincere question because we know that Travis Kelsey is the target for Patrick Mahomes. Rightfully so. I just want to make sure that we're on the same page. Gronk Gronk was that main option, regardless of what they had outside in New England. Yeah. So I mean I I mean, I don't think you can go any any anywhere wrong. I think that the even bigger question is Caleb mentioned that he's kind of a, a younger cat. I want to know in Kansas City and the people of Kansas, who are you going to remember most, Tony Gonzalez or Travis Kelsey when it's all said and done? Not even close. Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. It's going to be Travis Kelsey, just like it's going to be Ian Miller for the Steelers. 
Tony Gonzalez came out and said that the Falcons made his career in his Hall of Fame inductment. Travis Kelsey is probably going to be a chief for life. Does he retire? Two Super Bowl Does, rings. And I know we're just we're just cracking time, folks. Does he retire with his brother? I thought that would have happened this year, but that that didn't happen. Kelsey ended up signing back with the Eagles. I thought this was the best year. So does he retire with his brother and they go out together? I don't think so. Here's Mm. why. Interesting conversation right there. Kelsey will not leave Mahomes. I don't think he'll leave Mahomes. And we have Creed Humphrey on a rookie contract. I don't see how we get Jason Kelsey. The only way I would have seen that would be the guard position. You put him at guard. Or you you put him in a position where Creed doesn't have to be out there every snap. And that may may Anyways. Guys, let me say this at the end, and I'm also going to record this and stick it at the beginning. These guys right now finished their assignments before we did this stuff, okay? We didn't just say, hey, we're going to do this for two hours or however long we've done it and just take them away from studying. They've, they've been very diligent. This is 